Hello, my friend. This is Clyde, the Hallelujah Chorus. I'm inviting you to join me in talking about one of the most majestic and triumphant musical items. The Hallelujah Chorus is part of the Messiah, the English language oratorio composed by George Frederick Handel in 1741. Handel, who was originally born in Germany and migrated to Britain, wrote this iconic music in about 18 days and when performed at its fullest is about a three-hour recital including intermission. Most people know the Hallelujah Chorus, the most popular portion of this great composition. Let us explore it from the Bible and see where it takes us. It is about Jesus, and the gist of it is this line, For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. What is this all about? Genesis 49 tells us that Jacob, the third of the Hebrew patriarch, called his twelve sons around his dying bed to tell them what was going to happen in the last days. Judah was the fourth son, and this is part of what Jacob prophesied. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the people. Verse 10. Thousands of years later, we hear the prophet Isaiah speaking about the coming Messiah 700 years before his birth. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Isaiah 9 verses 6 and 7. Around the same time, there was a less popular prophet, Micah, who talked about the coming Messiah. He said the Messiah would come out of Bethlehem and he will be ruler over Israel and his origins are from ancient times. Sounds strange, eh? He also said that his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. Micah 5 verses 2 and 4. We're going somewhere in our talk about the Hallelujah Chorus. We come over to the New Testament and we hear the wise men arriving in Jerusalem asking, Where is he that is born king of the Jews, declaring that they have come to worship him? When they found him, they did just that. They worshipped the child Jesus. That's strange. Who worships a young child? I want to take you to when Jesus was arrested and was being tried by Pontius Pilate in Jerusalem. Jesus was hours away from being crucified and Pilate asked him a most facetious question. Are you the king of the Jews? Pilate was a Roman governor and this idea of a king of the Jews was of lesser significance than Pilate's position. Jesus replied, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my ar arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. John 18 verses 33 and 36. If I were Pilate, I would be terribly uncomfortable at that point. So Jesus was crucified, buried, and he rose from the dead in three days. And this is where it gets exciting. Forty days later, he ascended back to heaven, and I love the reception that he received. 
Come with me to Psalm 24. Lift up your heads, you gates, and be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. Psalm 24, verses 7 to 10. It is getting even more exciting. When he arrived in heaven, Jesus the Messiah sat down, but you have to hear this. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Ephesians 1, 19 to 21. I can hardly keep my seat. We're picking up speed. We hear something dramatic in Philippians 2. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And now we come to Revelation. All kinds of exciting things happen in that prophetic book, pulsating events that some folks are scared of reading. Let me pause here to say something about the word hallelujah. Simply put, it is a Hebrew word translated to mean praise God. So in the original form, it is used nearly 24 times in the book of Psalms, most commonly found in Psalm 150. However, Handel used the New Testament word hallelujah, and we find that word only four times in the New Testament, all in the chapter Revelation 19. Verse 1. And after this, I heard what sounded like the roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God. Number two, verse three, and again they shouted, Hallelujah, the sound from her goes up forever and ever. Verse four. The 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God, who was seated on the throne, and they cried, Amen, Hallelujah. Then the last time we find the word Hallelujah in the Bible, but not the last time it is uttered, is later in that chapter. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, and like loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Can you hear it? I want to wrap up our talk about the Hallelujah Chorus. This piece of music is triumphant. It is powerful. At this, all this string of prophecy and scripture references culminates in one powerful line. You see, this Jesus we serve is not an earthly political figure. He is not 
a historical figure. He is large. He is eternal. He is omnipotent. He is the highest and greatest ruler in all the universe. People treat him as if he is just another Jewish figure on the pages of history. Others believe that he is one of the many gods that the religious fanatics worship. But when I hear the hallelujah chorus, my friend, I come to realize that the Messiah, my Savior and Lord, that we don't understand who he is. The final scriptures that I will share tell us simply who Jesus is. And I implore you to take this seriously. You must give your life to Jesus. You must accept him as your Savior and Lord because this is what is going to happen. And you don't want to be absent from this grand celebration of the Messiah. The seventh angel sounded his trumpet and there were loud voices in heaven which said the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah and he will reign forever and ever. Revelation 11 and verse 15. Yes, my friend. All of the world's greats would have come and gone. The one who came as a baby in a manger, however, will be reigning forever and ever. Handel got it, and I hope you get it too. This Messiah has the most powerful name ever on his robe and on his thigh. He has this name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Revelation 19 and verse 16. I hope I will see you there when the greatest rendition, the truest version of the hallelujah chorus rings out in heaven and across the universe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.